Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. What is up, Natals? What up, what up, what up? Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Unpack the Pursuit. We are super excited to be here today, aren't we, Nat? We are pumped. I feel like I haven't seen Natalie in person. Well, no, this is not just a feeling. This is this is real, real life. I haven't seen you since far before all of this quarantine COVID business. And I just want to give you a big hug. Same. It's just it, been a long time. It's been since you were in Cali. I know. Really? Yeah. Okay, that was... Wait. I, did we see each other yeah. when I came? I don't know. I guess so. That um, feels like lifetimes ago. Like, I feel like I was a different person back then. Same person, but different person. Wow. It's been like two years since we've been in person together. That yeah. is crazy. The other day, Natalie said... You said something that was so sweet. You were like, I just want to go on a walk with you. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to do. And that was probably the nicest thing anyone said to me in a long time. We were talking about walking and you were talking about this tree outside in front of a yard. I was just picturing all this greenery and taking a walk with you because I think we used to do that in Amherst or like go on hikes. And it's just like, wow, it'd be really nice to take a walk with a friend. I know. Oh, my gosh. Well, so we're planning on doing that in a few months. Hopefully we'll see where COVID goes, but I do plan on coming to Nashville. Oh, I will be very ready for you. And fortunately we have so much time to get ready. (laughs) There's nothing but time to get ready. I'm speaking for the city of Nashville. All right. So we are quarantined still as are all of you. And we're still podcasting because podcasting can be a remote activity, which is great. We're excited for this episode today because we're talking to a wonderful woman about her journey writing her own script. I love this this theme because it feels really powerful in a time like this when a lot of people's paths is probably getting a little fucked up. Pardon my French. I lost my job. I know a lot of other people who lost their job. I think just everyone's kind of in this weird place. Like even if you still have your job, maybe you're just not sure where the world is taking you right now. And so this is a time of total uncertainty. And it's kind of a time for reflection on our path, our script, so to speak, our journey, our story, and yeah, the importance of writing it for yourself. So we're going to be introducing Alexandra in a little bit here, but just going to catch up with Natal's for a sec. Oh, well, catch up. I need to let the dog out because he's squealing and he pees in the house. All right, go do that. She's back. back. And I'm better. <laughs> what have you been up to? I've been trying to catch up on school. And honestly, guys, I'm kind of at a point where I'm not even sure if I should be in school right now. I have been slacking like you read about and the amount of money that I'm tossing into this program and not doing shit for is a little insane. So that's kind of been on my mind lately. I'm in Arizona. I'm in Yuma for those of you that know or don't know. And luckily I have a lot of access to the desert. I've been going outside weekly, bike rides, off-roading, stuff like that to just get outside. That's what I've been up to. It's fun. I love it. I love the desert. It's heating up here though. It's already 108 degrees. 
Yeah, that's that's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been as outside as much. I think we talked about that. I'm trying to... My roommate and I are looking on Airbnb for some remote cabins near the Smokies that we can go and just hang out for a weekend or an overnight. Some of the Airbnbs have contactless check-in. So hopefully that will give me a change of scenery. But other than that, I've just been doing a lot of creative projects. I'm teaching myself how to create illustrations on Adobe Illustrator. I've been writing a lot for Titillating Top Ones, which is a writing prompt series that I'm doing with my roommate. Obviously, Unpack the Pursuit, creating frameworks and trying to scout people for interviews. Cough, cough, wink, wink. If you want to be on our podcast, let us know. Yeah. So just just filling up the calendar since there's not much else to do, you know? Yeah. This is, I think it's such a funny time and interesting because I feel like you're coming up with like this titillating tip bomb. Tip, titillating what? <laughs> titillating tip bomb. <laughs> uh, should I tell Savannah that we are rebranding ASAP? <laughs> Welcome to titillating tip bombs. <laughs> titillating top buns. Titillating top buns. It's yeah, titillating top buns. I feel like what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of like creative projects coming out of people since we're kind of forced to be virtual and use our creativity. I think that's amazing. I'm just, I love seeing new people's Instagrams accounts and like just their creative projects. And I just think it's amazing. Yeah, I am totally here for it. And that that's a huge encouragement to anyone out there listening who's like on edge and maybe is about to start a project or wants to start a project, but is scared or like not sure about it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> For those of you not on this call, you can't see Natalie dancing right now like a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going a little insano in the membrane today. Mondays are a weird day for me. I already forewarned Molly, but I think it's a great day to record because I'm just like weird as shit. So hopefully good things will come up, you know? Honestly, we could use a little bit more weirdness on Unpack the Pursuit. It gets a little serious sometimes. And I'm, you know, I'm here for the serious game. Like, I don't mind it, but it's good to have fun too, especially during this very boring time. (laughs) I do have something beautiful to say. I was out in the wild last night with my friend. We were sitting under the moon And she asked me how Unpack the Pursuit started. And I told our whole story and she's like, that is so beautiful. But what came out of that, Molly and I, as you guys know, grew up together, went to college together. And Molly has always been that person that I know no matter what I can go to for anything. I could kill somebody. I could do the worst thing ever. And I know that I could go to Molly judgment-free, that she'd have my back and have amazing, amazing advice. Always, no matter what point of life I've been at, that my pivotal moment last year when we started this podcast was I was so, so lost. And the number one person that came to my mind was you. You're going to make me cry. Thank you. Natalie. yeah. Yeah. She just asked me how it started. And I'm like, well, I have this one friend that just gives the best advice ever and is just there for you. She's there. She's the best. So I am totally a hundred percent there for you always, but it's a two way street. I mean, you've always been there for me always. And in addition to that, not, I know I've said this so many times, you know, we're going to go, let's go down a path of gratitude real quick, but you like (laughs) something about Natalie that everyone needs to know who doesn't know Natalie in the flesh. 
we went to a school about of about 20,000 people. Like our school was huge. And me and Natalie would be gallivanting off to class and people, strangers would say hello to Natalie. Everyone, everyone we would pass would be like, hi, Natalie, come up and give her a hug or like wave or just say hello or whatever. Just everyone knew Natalie. And me and all of our other friends were just like, how does Natalie... A, remember all of these people and B, like, how does she cultivate such an, like, an eclectic group of people that are so energetic and so full of life? And that's just because that's the energy you give off. I've always been attracted to that about you. Thank you, Malls. You're so welcome. I mean, you deserve it. It's true. And I know that you've been struggling with your playfulness lately. Like you've mentioned that. And I think your Instagram post, you've mentioned it to me. And Mm -hmm. I just want to remind you that that is who you are. You are so playful and so energetic and so welcoming. And you are a friend to everybody. And I know that that has been a lot of pressure on you in the past because that's a lot of pressure on anyone. But you just do it so well and so gracefully. So thank you for your presence. Thank you for pumping my tires on this Monday. (laughs) I got you. You pumped mine first. It's the least I could do. <laughs> we are here to give life to other people, pump other people's tires, etc. So before we get into this next part of the, the episode where we talk to Alexandra Muir, who's just an incredible human being and her storytelling skills are just impeccable. Literally impeccable. Impeccable. Wow. I will just be straight up with you, listeners. The audio is quite shit. And we thought about potentially re-recording, but the truth of it is sometimes you capture magic and sometimes that magic has shitty audio and you just kind of have to (laughs) accept it. I love this story. If you can just stick with it in the bumps along the way, sometimes she cuts out. We have Wi-Fi issues. I also think Zoom is just, everyone's using Zoom right now. So maybe that's a factor. I'm not really sure, but just have patience with us on this episode and do try to listen it through all the way. She has some really amazing tidbits and her story is just incredible. She's come a long way and she has truly written her own script. I know that's kind of a cliche, but you will hear it in her voice and just the way she carries herself. You can learn a lot from this woman in just this short 40 minute segment. So yeah, we're excited to share this with you. And yeah, you know, guys, everyone's working from home right now. People can't really have access to their offices that have pretty good Wi-Fi normally. People are at home using their home Wi-Fi, which is sometimes not the best quality. So it is, yeah, just a forewarning for COVID. So thank you for keeping up with us and listening, staying true. We love you guys. And, you know, reach out to us. Let us know what you're up to. Hashtag while I was quarantined. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready to dive in, Nat? Let's dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of writing your own script. Natalie and I discussed this a little bit in our catch-up earlier and how to break through some of the narratives that bombard us from truly the moment we enter this world. I'm sure most of us can relate to feeling like we could or should do things differently, that the way things have always been done is not how it has to be. But these natural, natural curiosities within us are a lot harder to take action on, especially when the world is telling you otherwise. 
So we're going to unpack this theme today with Alexandra Muir, an award-winning researcher, business owner, and marketing coach who believes in empowering entrepreneurs and professionals with the knowledge and clarify a focus to help them make good strategic decisions. But Alexandra wasn't always at this phase in her life. In fact, over a decade ago, Alexandra left her PhD in literature to transform the way business is done through her skills and passion for stories that connect people with the products and services that can change the world. Alexandra comes from an upbringing of barriers. When she finally broke free from the conservative cult she grew up in, she found limitations in other spaces like academia and corporate America. She has an incredible story to tell, and we are just so excited for this space, for her self-expression. We're grateful for her to be here, and we can't wait to see how she took control of her life and rewrote the story. Hello, Alexandra. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I love the mission behind what you do and I'm so excited for this conversation. Yes, we are too. Let's dive in. You talk a lot about breaking barriers for free thinking. What are some of the ways you've been restricted in thought leading up to this present moment? Right. So really beautiful introduction. Share it a bit. I grew up in an environment where belong meant playing by the rules. And in a pretty intense way, I mean, a lot of the people... When I, when I speak of my upbringing, a lot of people know the reference to the Duggars on TLC. And that's an easy way to kind of explain the sort of environment where I was raised in. That's a really easy reference point where everything I said, spoke, wore, did, absolutely everything was scripted for me. And there's, there's security in being told what to do, but it, it comes at such a cost. This question of belonging can be really challenging for anyone in families and work environments. And I find that for people who have a marginal experience in community, that there can be a lot of challenges when it comes to business as well. And this is especially true for people of color, under diverse people, people with disabilities, the list unfortunately goes on. And as a queer woman as well, I have experienced that myself. But really the mission of belonging is for everyone and the narratives can hold us back are ones which are well worth questioning. And for me, that's the heart of it. So when we start questioning the things, the ideas, the beliefs, the way of being, the ways of doing, when that becomes problematic or in worst cases, such as in the way I was raised, when questioning is forbidden, then that's a really clear sign that the community isn't giving space for bullying, either for you or for someone else. And if for those who don't fit in, the question is, do I stay and make myself small or do I leave and create space for myself? And that's where entrepreneurship really comes into play for me and why I'm so passionate about it. And in many, many ways, that is part of why I see my upbringing in such a cloistered environment as such a gift because it actually made thinking and asking questions very tantalizing to me. Because for anybody, like the forbidden is so tantalizing and attractive. That's just classic human trope. And because I wasn't allowed to think independently, it actually made it really, really interesting and exciting to do so. I love how you are coming from this perspective of it being a gift to you that you were able to take it in that way because that is exactly the perspective that I think is that launch pad that enables you to change the narrative or at least begin weaving a different story for yourself. 
As yeah, well. absolutely. And I mean, I, I'm just really starting to see the, the gifts that are there. I think that when an environment, and I consider my upbringing a very, a very dangerous environment, when it's so dangerous that you just need out, there's no, it's important not to put pressure on yourself too early to see the gifts, but to really feel the challenge of the process of transformation. But in hindsight, that is one of the most beautiful gifts of going through something is that with time and with healing and with processing and with creating a safe place to look back, there, the path to who I am today is so clear to me and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that. So of course, the posture that is the most healing and regen for me is one of gratitude. You touched on this a little bit before, but Groupthink is obviously extremely powerful and weighs heavily on us from a very young age. So it's not easy to break through the ideas that have been woven into us from early on. What was the voice in your head as you transitioned out and broke free from limitations in your community, in academia, and even in corporate America? Like just, I just would be interested in knowing what was going on in your head and how you talked yourself through this. Yeah, for me, this in my head has always said, if I don't do this, who will? <laughs> it's always been very clear to me that independence and finding our own freedom, it's actually a collective journey that if we take the truth past to our, for ourselves, that that enables others to do so. Somehow being empathetic and mindful of the ways in which my journey might help others down the road was a huge motivating factor for me. And the irony of it is I had to become an independent thinker to break through of group think. So even though it is such a lonely journey in many ways, the motivation was very much that I'm doing this not just for myself, but the values that I believe in of freedom and honesty. And that requires a resilience, fortitude, and a willingness to go it alone. And there's a lot of stories of the bad things that happen to people who go it alone. We see it everywhere. I mean, in my case with the Christian narratives, the prodigal son was the parable I was raised with <laughs> that honed the idea that it isn't safe to go on your own journey. So one thing, especially when thinking about rewriting scripts or writing our own narratives, we want to think deeply about the narratives that have instilled fear in us to hold us back and where those come from and where are those messages coming from that say it's not safe to carve your own path in your own journey because it's not just cloistered religious environments where this sort of holding back occurs. And of course, obviously, and I see it so, so much in business where there are many narratives that speak of how unsafe it is to take certain risks, to leave your job, to dare to grow, to stand out from the crowd. And I think the loneliness is a major reason that people stay in group think. There's a lot of fears, but being utterly alone and not having a sense of community, even if you're compromising yourself for that community, it a lot of people stay because they're afraid of that journey through. And I think what I wish to say is that the bravery of asking the hard questions, the bravery of being willing to listen to the answers and to let that process guide you at your very core, will it leads to an experience of belonging within yourself first and foremost. And no one can take that away from you. 
but also it leads you to your people, the people that you are meant to build something with, the people you are meant to serve, the people who you are meant to love and be loved by in return. So the fears that tell us it's dangerous to question and to leave group thinking are real. They're at the core of a lot of our cultural narratives of holding people back to, in some ways, to keep them safe, but also to control them. And I can assure you, it's so much more dangerous to stay than it is to go on a journey. I really want to go back to when you talked about loneliness there for a second, because I think when you talked about bravery as well, it requires bravery and courage to opt in to loneliness and being lonely in those moments where you're kind of taking a leap of faith and rewriting and reforming your ideas and the way you live your life. And I think we talk about that a lot on Unpack the Pursuit because that's also kind of why we started this community was a way to show people that they're not alone even when they feel terribly, terribly alone. When you embark on change or transition, especially when it's voluntary, you do have to prepare for that period of loneliness when you're not around the familiar, when you're not around a community and you can feel alone in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the timing of the station is so pertinent because time of recording right now, we're all sitting at home trying to keep the world safe from from COVID and we're, we're experiencing what it means to be lonely, but also I think there's a real understanding that's starting to emerge about loneliness itself through this time that we are in this together, even though it feels alone. That's part of the great illusion. Like you have to go on your own path. No one do your journey for you, but you don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't have to do it without the support or community. And um, I think it's a it's it's that paradox that, that if you can take the bravery of what feels like loneliness, that's actually you can go there, that's actually the point of greatest connection with others. Because that's taking you to the core of yourself, which then means if you can stand in that space and, and own it and ground it in who you really are for your own sake, that is going to be the connecting point. There's that people are going to be drawn to the essence of that and your, your courage to go it alone, and to be with yourself. Yeah, I want to encourage everyone to just rewind 30 seconds and play that one more time. That was really powerful, what you just said. It's like, it is true. It's like that, oh, wow. I I don't even want to try and rephrase it. It's just rewind 30 seconds and just play that for yourself one more time. (laughs) How long were you in the cult for? When were you like, I'm leaving? I'm not a Christian, but I will use the phrase, by the grace of God, I didn't go through high school through the cult, and I probably would have been married off had I stayed in much longer. I got out in the sense that I was able to go to school at the age of 14, and that radically changed my life. And I will be forever grateful to the two English teachers who also homeschooled their children, but not in such an extreme environment, but my family knew them and they convinced my parents to let me go to school. And and somehow, I don't know how they did it. They convinced them that that would be the best course of action for me. And it really was. And so, and those teach specifically really helped me start thinking on my own. One of them, I I can see it as clear as day. I write about this on my blog, that the know yourself, know thyself, that classic adage written on the blackboard there 
and talking about it. And that was such a scary phrase to me because it felt so forbidden to put yourself first in that way. I'm just so grateful for all the little... This was many years ago now, so about 20 years ago. And there's been many elements of the journey that I... I'm just really grateful for. I, I do believe if you want thing badly enough, and for me, it's freedom. And if you want it badly enough, that there will be a path carved out for you to find it. Uh, I love that. That's so beautiful. And it's so amazing that you had like these angels come into your life to help guide you out of that. And I think when you talk about freedom, that's a lot what you're doing with your marketing business now. Tell us a little bit about the marketing business that you have. Yeah, it's very much found a um, desire and drive for freedom. I, as I said, the journey continued and I went into academia and found that was a really challenging environment for how political it was and how catty it was actually and ended up in the corporate world. And I just, I thought I had, had made it and I was so excited to find home. And I was with one of Canada's 50 top employers and I was just starting to come out as queer and it was really exciting for me. And then it turns out I experienced so much discrimination for my sexuality and spent so much time behind the HR closed doors and then being bullied and retaliated for speaking up to the point where I had to file police reports for vandalism of my my vehicle where homophobic slurs were written on it. And so it became this like search for belonging. I I think the things that I, I can encourage enough is that it's about the journey. And if something's not working, try something else. That's the principle for marketing for me in general. If something's not working, try something else. If something's not, if that's not working, try something else. And my life has been a series of that because we do become ourselves in the process. And at any point where it doesn't feel like belonging, that's a signal that there's opportunity to go deeper. And I find when it comes to business, fortunately, there's still a glass ceiling when it comes, especially to the higher levels of business in the corporate world. Things are changing slowly. The place where I see it changing the most is through entrepreneurship. And that's why I'm so passionate about empowering entrepreneurs, even with the card stacked against them. Like something like 90% of venture capital capital still goes to cis white men. So even with limb accessibility to capital, female entrepreneurs are still far more likely to reach a million in sales in three years than guys are. So entrepreneurship isn't easy, but the opportunity is there. And I really, really see that as uh, the place in business where it doesn't matter who you are, you can find a place in belonging. You have to carve it out for yourself and that's where the challenge is, but not just for women. I mean, there are people with Down syndrome who run their own businesses where they would hardly be able to gain an entry-level position in the national work environment. There's a growing number of founders of companies who are trans, example. And this excites me about entrepreneurship and because when we empower people who otherwise would be barred from certain level of business simply because of who they are, there's a good chance they are creating inclusive workplaces for their employees, providing a good or service that supports their community directly or indirectly, does not require people to closet themselves in order to access 
So for me, I see a lot of good that can happen through empowering everyone to have access to the tools in business. And that's really why I do what I do is I'm there to help businesses grow. And I'm a marketing strategist and a marketing consultant and an expert in that. And I, But I do it because I see how important it is to create access for knowledge and skills and tools and give that to everyone. So anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, not just one who became one because for me, I just didn't find a place and a home. And so I incorporate America. And so I, I almost had to become an entrepreneur to create space. And I know there's a lot of people out there who become entrepreneurs by default. They're like, there must be a way that I can create a living for myself and also be myself. And so it is my passion to level the playing field as much as possible through the skills that I have. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by what you're doing. I used to work for an equity crowdfunding platform. So that's when I learned a lot about venture capital and how just how limited it is in the funding that they're able to provide or who they provide it to. And so the equity crowdfunding platform was about democratizing capital. And it just, it was a window into a world that I didn't, wasn't very familiar with. And you speak to it so eloquently. It is so important to empower entrepreneurs, a diverse portfolio of entrepreneurs, right? Because that only betters our society as a whole. Right now is just such a unique time to be even talking about this because (laughs) obviously entrepreneurs are very much affected by what's happening right now. But I also think there's this unbelievable and really inspiring trend from everyday people for supporting local and small businesses. Mm -hmm. I hope that when COVID ends, we are still adamant about supporting the businesses and entrepreneurs that need the support the most. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to ask a quick follow-up. Are you like a one-woman show? What kind of clients are you mostly working with entrepreneurs and small businesses? My business partner and I own our company and we're a boutique firm. It's just the two of us. Nice. Uh, We've been doing it for years. So we've seen a broad range of clients at different stages of their business growth up into large, large scale corporations. But it really is about finding the right fit. We're very fortunate to be full. And that's part of why I am starting to become more active online in sharing the resources and tools that I support my clients. It's because I I'm we're full <laughs> yeah. marketing for because we've decided to keep it small. And what I was saying about asking questions and how important it is to challenge group think, I think one of the biggest ways I've applied that principle to the way I built my own business is really sat with the question of, do I grow bigger in terms of creating a massive marketing agency? Do I rent retail space and an office and have a big team and carry out massive projects? I know a lot of businesses, if you keep growing, you just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And at every stage of our growth, my partner and I really sat down and thought, what do we want? What sustains our life the best? Why are we really doing this? And what do we need? I mean, financially, and also out of the way we carve out our days, that's something I work a lot on. 
with the business owners that I work with. I, I sit down and think through their goals with the, and a lot of the times, the first thing that comes up is financial goals. But when you dig deeper, it's the question is, how do you want to live your life? What do you want your life to look like? Do you want to put in 70, 80 hours a week building this business? If you do, if that inspires you and you want to do that, that's great. And then here's the marketing approach for that. But let's get real. Like, is why are you doing this? And what's your day look like? And for me, too many hours in the day working is not what I want to do. So it's about creating a structure for the business. You can have the success that you want and need. I travel all the time. Well, not right now. But I was just in LA and before that in the Canary Islands and a couple of months before that in Malta. And like, that's the life that I really desire and crave. And so for me, growth is not just about the numbers. It's about not chasing and that's not your own. And then building a business, building a life that can cultivate what you really, really want. And that comes back to knowing yourself and having the courage to really know you want out of this. And that's why I challenge a lot of entrepreneurs. If you're on my social media, I'm always asking what you really, really want, because there is a way to get that. There's a plan and a strategy for that. But if you're just chasing the entrepreneurial dream that you think you should be chasing, I would really encourage you to think about why am I taking on other people's scripts about what entrepreneurship should look like. So for me, it's about connection. It's about empowerment. I love challenging projects. I love cracking a puzzle. Like on Friday, I cracked a really, really big puzzle that I've been working on for a while with a client and it just made my week. And so for me, creating space for those types of moments is so much more important than having a massive marketing agency. And the benefit is full and we're busy and it's, it works for us. It's you're playing out exactly what writing your own script for your own business and for others, Mm -hmm. it's just completely different than a lot of firms and stuff out there. So I think that's beautiful. And I love what you said about sitting down with your partner and really analyzing where is the path that we want to go and not just taking clients on for money, but taking them on for what's best for your path. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey, but I I wouldn't trade it for the world. And now I can do the same with my clients and supporting that journey. Because I I really do believe you can't teach something, you can't coach something unless if you've been on the journey. And that's one thing that I find it's really challenging, witnessing a lot of marketing agencies not really gone through that process of authenticity and then telling businesses, let's find your authentic story. It's just so gimmicky to me. Listening to your story, it's amazing that you had the courage and the mindset to be resilient and stay on the path and not let anything get you down. But with everything, was there any areas... We talk a lot about being in the valley of despair. So that's kind of like the moment where you are just in a dark spot, you're like, maybe I'm just going to give up or return to what I've been doing. Was there one point in time where that, that when I asked that question, that sticks out to you? And how did you keep going and stay on your path? You know, the 
despair me has always been in the staying. And when I think of a moment where the despair really hit me was when I wanted to leave academia. And my dad, who was so proud that his daughter was a PhD student, he said, don't you dare, don't you dare leave. And so I stayed and that's where the despair really, really started to set in was that level of feeling I had no agency over my own journey where it would be breaking so many rules for leaving. And I, I stayed a lot longer than I would have if I had listened to my, but the growing despair in those spaces is the, that is my signal when it's time to leave. And I've tried staying in different situations. We, we all long for familiar comfort, but I've learned trust the journey through the valley or the dark night of the soul. Some people call it learn to hunger for the authenticity of being with oneself and understand that that's the birthplace of growth. And it's worth every single cost. And, and yes, 10 years ago, that leap out of the corporate world into starting entrepreneurship, it was very financially stressful, not to the point where I questioned it though. It's okay to, you know, nothing wrong with going back if that's what's right for you. There's no, there would be no shame if I found a J-O-B that was a perfect fit or academia if it was right to return. There, it's not so much about staying or leaving. It's about what is cultivating a sense of freedom and what is hampering the despair? Because for me, it got so bad that I, I just, I, at least where I'm at right now, I can't go back. And as much as I love certain elements of corporate life and academic life, I was a Shakespeareanist in academia. And I once heard someone suggest that corporate America is the Shakespearean theater of today. It's human nature at its best and its worst. And that's part of what I find so fascinating about it is it's a really interesting microcosm, but it's a dangerous one too as well. And I, I believe that there needs to be change in the way that the corporate world exists and suppresses people and elevates other people. And I, I fully are the people who just carve their own path. But for me, entrepreneurship is a way to enjoy challenges of business and the inspiring nature of what is the possibilities are for human connection in that environment, but also transforming it at the same time. I feel very much like Robin Hood. <laughs> um, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor in terms of knowledge. <laughs> so for me, it's, it's about bringing the marketing knowledge that it, off, it used to be you had to have an MBA or for myself, I do have the privilege of my dad was a very successful businessman and I, I didn't realize that it wasn't normal to, or like, I didn't realize that not everybody sat around the dinner table and learned how to buy out companies and negotiate deals and manage cash flow. I, I thought that was normal. And so here I am taking this pledge that is either passed down rationally in an exclusive form of privilege or endowed through very, very expensive forms of education. And I want everybody to have access to that. So if they want it, because there are real tools and there are real strategies that work and it's, it's about 
ensuring that anybody who, who needs that can have access to it. So that's, that's my story. <laughs> that's why I do what I do. Your ability to tell your own story is just, you are clearly a marketer, but also just an amazing storyteller. And it's just really amazing how much you've overcome and your trajectory and how many things you persevered through. And then to see you build this very authentic marketing agency that really empowers, I don't know, the people that really need the empowerment. And so I'm excited to see what you are doing now, what you do next. And um, going off of that, what is next for you? What are you looking forward to in the coming months, years? Mm, Honestly, I'm so excited to be sharing what I do and what I've done to bring clients to their first six, seven, eight figure mark to share that with a broader audience. Up until very, very recently, my work was with my clients exclusively. I wasn't online at, at all. I wasn't sharing my story and my experience and the verses that I've learned, our practice, as I've said, is, is gratefully very, very full. And yet working with our company, because we're peak, it, is, it can be very expensive to hire and work with a marketing agency. And I felt this value disconnect that as much as I really love our clients and want to serve them, my, my passion is to create a broader level of access for people and and the cost prohibitiveness of our actual business was a challenge for me in thinking about how I can share what I do so through my website and other places online and even speaking with you today I am starting to share my journey share real marketing tools and strategies and I'm really really excited to help build a community of entrepreneurs who help each other grow in belonging so thank you for creating space for me to be here because this sharing my story is much what I'm eager to do right now because I do believe that in sharing our stories, we create space for other people to do this. And that's precisely why I'm so, so captivated by this conversation. 100%. I'm so glad that we could be the catalyst to help you get started on that. Hmm. Thank you. And I'm glad that we get to see all of your stuff online. That's exciting that you're coming into a time where you're sharing. So our last question to wrap everything up, we asked this to all of our podcast interviewees. What does Unpack the Pursuit mean to you? You know, when I heard that phrase, it's the first thing that came to mind, and this might be a little sharing too much, but I have this recurring dream of trying to get on a plane, but I can't because I have too much luggage and I have it all the time. And I've had it for many, many, many years and we can psychoanalyze it to no end. I mean, my baggage keeps me from getting a plane to get to move from moving forward. My stuff is holding me back in some ways. So that, that, notion of luggage, of unpacking, packing, because I, I have dreams of packing my stuff and packing so much that I miss my plane. Um, and it's the first thing that came to mind with that phrase. And I, I can't, like psychologically, it seems sometimes I feel like I can't get to the destination because I, something is holding me back in some way. And so I love the phrase because to me, unpacking means to have allowed yourself to arrive. It allows you to go, you've gone on the journey and you're at, even if it's not your end destination, unpacking and celebrating that a certain length of your journey is complete, that you are here now and that 
it's safe and there's time to let yourself make home in this space right now. So that to me is the pursuit, the enjoyment of being here right now and allowing yourself to realize and honor all that you have made to get to this place. I love that phrase so much. Oh my God, I love that. It's such a cool <laughs> dream. Oh, it's so frustrating because I wake up and it's this anxiety around, yeah, not being able to, not knowing what to bring on the journey. So <laughs> unpacking totally means you've figured that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I've actually yeah. never even thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. And I just love that it aligns with a reoccurring dream. I'm like, I have very strange dreams. My partner tells me I have the weirdest <laughs> dreams. Um, and so I love like, I love when dreams can sort of coexist in reality in some way. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love dream work. Very powerful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on and sharing your story. For those of you who want to connect with Alex, you can find her at her website, www.alexandramuir.com. We'll put it in the show notes as well so that you get the spelling correctly. Thanks again for tuning in. We love all of you guys. If there's anything you would like to hear about in the coming weeks that maybe isn't COVID related, let us know. If you want to share your story, please reach out to us via Instagram or email, unpackthepursuit.gmail.com. And of course, we'd love if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes our day and helps us out. Thank you guys. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, Alexandra, so much for sharing your beautiful story again. That was incredible. Talk to y'all soon. 